welcome to 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. I'm your host, Rachel Vogel, and joining us for tonight's episode is Jamie Krentz, Executive Vice President and Head of Verve, Impulse, and Verve Forecast Records. With over 20 years of experience, Jamie has worked with an iconic and diverse group of artists, including Kurt Bile, Rod Stewart, Mary J. Blige, and most recently, John Baptiste, who landed 11 Grammy nominations at this year's show and took home five awards, including the coveted Album of the Year for his record, We Are. And when he's not busy being an executive, Jamie's an in-demand bass player who's recorded, performed, and shared the stage with acts like The French Kicks and Karen O. So without further ado, Jamie, how are you? Thanks so much for being here. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I think um, in-demand uh, bass player that we may need to update that. I don't I don't think uh, I don't know that that's necessarily still so true, but everything else I think was pretty, pretty accurate. No, it's good to be here. Thank you. So imagine for a second you're sitting down with your 25 year old self. What's one piece of advice you would give to him on a personal note? And what's one piece of advice you would give him from a business perspective? I think it's, I mean, amazingly, um, I was already working at Verve when I was 25. Um, wow. I know it, it is hard for some people to believe now, especially because I think people of younger generations change jobs much more frequently. Um, mm -hmm. I, other than being uh, a bass player, I've only had one real job, um, if this is a real job. But I think on the personal level, I would probably tell that person don't fixate so much on getting fired. You know, when I started working in the record industry, it was right around the time of Napster and, mm -hmm. you know, trading hard drives and downloading music. And um, there was a lot of restructuring and downsizing. Um, it was kind of constant at the time. And so uh, there was so much effort and energy put into worrying about job security. And I think what I would have said to that person is, uh, that person being me, um, <laughs> you know, don't worry about that so much. Uh, there are, you know, that, that there are lots of opportunities and you can't really control a lot of that anyway, and just worry about your reputation and doing mm -hmm. right, right by your artists. Um, I think I more or less came to that conclusion um, organically, uh, but it not when I was 25. I think when I was 25, I was still terrified that one day I'd come in and my card key wouldn't work. Um, right. <laughs> or that my email address wouldn't uh, wouldn't be valid anymore. I can so relate I, to that. <laughs> sure. I mean, I mean, we all can. We, you know, yeah. but but the reality is that nobody gets into the music business because it's the most stable or conservative mm -hmm. or predictable thing. It's a, that's what's so cool about it. It's a dynamic business that we work in. It's creative. We work with artists. There's a lot of unpredictable, spontaneous things that happen. And I think that that probably would have been advice that would have been good for me to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure I would have believed it, but um, <laughs> here I am. And then sure. on a on a business level, I think uh, you know what I probably would have said to that person as well is just um, be very open minded about opportunities that come along. You know, I I had never left the country um, before I started working at Verve. Oh wow! Uh, I was not not from a family that had the means to travel internationally mm -hmm. uh, growing up, and I you know I I can't tell you how great it was for me to get 
a job, you know, at, at the bottom of the international department of Verve and then kind of work my way through that and get to understand the nuances and the idiosyncrasies of all the different markets and territories. You know, it's, we work in a very remote world now and there's lots of Zooming, but there is no substitute for getting on a plane and walking around that city, going to a concert in a different city, going to a record store, you know, when, when, that, when that was happening and just totally. soaking, up, soaking up the things that make the industry different all over the world. And so I, I really would have told, told myself then, um, lean into that even more than you think is possible. Um, it was the best thing for me. It gave me the best training for my ears as far as what's viable are, you know, mm -hmm. some things that are really viable domestically, but they aren't going to travel. And some things are really global and working right. at a label like, you know, Verve's an eclectic label. And it was really valuable for me before I had the role I have now to do international um, because it gave me the perspective to understand that, you know, for a lot of the kinds of artists that we work with on Verve, they really, you know, it really, really only makes sense to work together if you can deliver an international mm -hmm. career and international value for them. So Absolutely. international was like the greatest kind of boot camp finishing school. Mm -hmm. So I would have, I would have just told myself, don't hesitate to take that. I think I felt like an imposter when I started in that department because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'd never even been to Canada. And so uh, I think I felt like I was sort of fooling everybody for the first two years. Um, mm -hmm. But it was, I'm really, it was, it was so good that I took that role and leaned into it and somehow survived and, and yeah. <laughs> it really, really benefited me. Yeah. Survived and thrived. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's funny you say the thing about feeling like an imposter because it's actually been a common topic in recent episodes that I've done. A lot of executives have, have said something similar. So I think that's important to note because a lot of people can feel that way when they're young and starting out. Or, or, or not young. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, anywhere. <laughs> or, right, or right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. that is right. true. Right. right along to question number two. Every industry has its dirty little secrets. And we both know that it's no different in the music industry. And sometimes people think that's a bad thing, but that's not always the case. Sometimes they're quite good. What's one secret you would like to share with our listeners about the industry? It's a good question. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think that there's a little bit of a stigma on working at a record label. You know, mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, going back to Spinal Tap, you know, obviously there are the sort of parodies of what the guys and girls from the labels are like. And it's, you know, it's it's uh, I laugh along with it, but I also remember thinking the same <laughs> thing. I, you know, I played in a band, uh, actually, ironically, in a band that ended up on Universal. Mm. Um, and I remember at the time having a lot of those preconceptions and then coming and working at a label at the same time. And for, for many years, I did both where I was still mm -hmm. playing in bands, but also working at a major label. Um, I think that we don't do a good enough job of reminding people of why labels are still valid and valuable. And, you know, I mean, there are no shortage of options now. Everyone with a laptop can make a mm. record and release it. Um, yep. and I think, I, you know, there's a place for that. But I do think for the right artists, record labels and record labels of the scale that you know we have at Universal, like Verve, still are 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 to me they're peerless. I think I think we still do. So I, I actually think it's kind of a dirty little secret that working at a record label and record labels themselves still have a completely 
necessary value. And, mm-hmm. and you, that's why I think you see that a lot of artists, um, you know, who, who might have the means to release their own music still want to work with labels because um, there is a lot that we bring to the table. And I, I, I feel like it's, I still feel like it's there are these stereotypes that exist, but most <laughs> of the people that I know in this building, you know, I work in a building that has a lot of the universal labels and a lot of my counterparts at the other labels, like they really love music. Um, ultimately there's a lot of data, but we still at the end of the day, go with our instincts and our ears mm-hmm. more often than not. Um, and I think also there's a, there's a real sense of community um, within this building and within all the different, all the labels kind of have their own personality here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, Verve obviously has a very distinct history and and uh, kind of mission statement now, but I think you could say the same about the other labels in the building. And so I think, again, there's a little bit of a, oh, they're sharks and they're, you know, the record right. is taking <laughs> advantage of artists, but like no one here I can speak for the 40 some people, you know, that I'm on a team with here at Verve. No one comes to work thinking about anything like that. We come to work thinking about how we can be additive and augment what Mm -hmm. these artists are doing. I mean, and I think, I just think this idea that we're here to take advantage or that we're not um, always thinking about how to be successful. You know, we just want to win with these Mm -hmm. artists. It's really not about anything other than that. So working here was a good has been a good um, eye opener that, you know, that in fact, most people who work at record labels really want to want to help their artists. For sure. And they, really, and they really like music. I mean, there were certainly more stable businesses to be in for the last <laughs> 20 years than this, you know, but unfortunately, I think I'm probably unemployable outside of this. So <laughs> luckily I'm here and hopefully I get to stay here. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's definitely it a good point with the record labels and people, a lot of artists can do things independently, but there's definitely still a purpose and a need. Yeah. I mean, I just think, look, it's great that there are options because there's more, you know, again, when I was growing up, if you wanted to make a recording, you had to scrape together money to go to a studio and find, you know, I mean, it was, it was a lot more involved. And now, Mm -hmm. like I said, anybody with GarageBand or anyone with a phone can make a pretty decent sounding thing. Um, but you know, and I, and I think it's important that that's available to everybody all over mm-hmm. the world, but at the same time, you know, there are people who are really, really exceptionally talented, you know, who just need help finding a bigger audience, you know, and I yeah. think that that's, that's something that I think we're very good at, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think, uh, especially as the pendulum has swung, you know, between different genres <laughs> of music, um, in popular music, um, you know, a label like Verve stands out because what we do isn't really about chasing trends. You know, I mean, obviously John Batiste has had a very good uh, year and a half. Um, and he's somebody who really, you know, if he had gone and tried to fit into a template, it wouldn't have worked. He wanted right. to find a partner that could help amplify what he's doing, which is, you know, very authentic mm-hmm. to himself. And so I think, you know, a lot of it for labels is also like work with the right artists because they'll make the label look good. And they do. Right. <laughs> Believe it or not, we're already at the third and final question. Yeah. So throughout your career, I can only imagine that you've been asked a lot of questions, whether for industry conferences, the media, a promotion, but throughout all of those interviews and all of those questions, I'll bet there was one that you have never been asked, but would have liked to. So what is that one question and what would have been your answer? Hmm. Um, no, I, I, you know, there, there are a couple that I can think of, but I'll limit it to one. Um, I think a lot of people ask, or I, I think I, no one's ever asked me, but I, I, what I wish someone had asked me is why Verve? You know, why, why have you, I won't say chosen, but why have you ended up spending 
20 plus years right. at this label, at one label and why this one? Mm -hmm. um, and there's a couple answers to that. Um, but okay. I think that primarily, you know, I grew up uh, and I had a lot of Verve records. You know, I, I played the bass uh, and I took, I, did, I wasn't ever a great jazz musician, but I, you know, I, I studied jazz bass for a time in college and I played some jazz gigs, but I was always more of a rock musician and all the bands I was in were more like indie rock bands, but I always really loved jazz. And um, so when the opportunity came up, I started at Verve as a temp actually. And oh, I wow. thought I'd be there. It was just between tours with my band and I figured I'd be here for two or three weeks and it would be That's wild cooler than, you know, like painting houses or tending yeah. bar or something like that. Um, but I was sort of fascinated at it in a way, fascinated at it, fascinated by it um, as an opportunity because it was a label that had such an incredible history. You know, I mean, I, I, I had Ella Fitzgerald albums and I mm -hmm. had Billie Holiday records and Louis Armstrong and, you know, and same thing with Impulse with Coltrane and Mingus and, yeah, you know, Oliver Nelson and these kind of icons of jazz. And I think it was actually great for me to work here because I didn't really have dreams of being a jazz star. If anything, I, I was trying to make it as a rock musician. So it was there was a little bit of a separation between church and state, you mm -hmm. know, and so I was able to work here. Um, and never feel like, oh, it should be me on the other side of the glass. You know, that it, I, I never had any of that like bitterness or um, uh, kind of feeling that, uh, you know, I, I, had, I had underachieved or anything like that. So it was actually, and I could, but I could still relate to the artists and right. talk with them about, you know, what it's like to be in a van or on a bus and, you know, eat shitty food and, and all of that <laughs> stuff. And so um, it, it, that's, that's why I think Verve has ended up being the right place for me. It aligns really well with my tastes. I have, mm -hmm. I'm a big nerd about music. I have pretty eclectic tastes, but it also uh, aligned with me, I think, in terms of how I could reconcile it with being a musician myself and still be additive without trying to step on all the artist's toes. I've never asked to be an executive producer on any of our artists' records. I, I don't really believe in that. I, I think right. uh, for, for me, that's not the right choice. I, I'm here as a sounding board, um, but I'm also here mainly to help work. We have a really good A&R team and I trust them and I work with them, but I also let them do what they do. And that way, I think our artists hopefully feel happy to be at a label where there's someone who has a past as a musician, but isn't uh, trying to sneak in and play on their records or, you know, anything like that. So we're able to kind of keep a, a good boundary there. Um, so it's, you know, that no one's ever asked me why Verve and why not Island or Columbia or, you know, places right. like that. But even, you know, the few opportunities I've had over the years to, you know, maybe look at another role somewhere else. I just, I, I really identify with Verve, you know, Verve started as an independent label for Ella Fitzgerald, actually, her manager started it with her because she couldn't get the kind of record deal she wanted as a woman of color back then. And um, I like to think that Verve has retained that kind of spirit and bespoke sort of indie approach, but within the world's biggest music company, I think, I think that there's a nice marriage of, of that kind of boutique thing, but also mm -hmm. with all the bells and whistles that come with being part of a really big global a uh, powerful network of international music people. And it's that's been really, really valuable for the artists who are on Verve. So I think for me, honestly, if someone had asked me that, I probably would have been happy <laughs> to give that answer and hopefully it wasn't too rambling, but- No way. You know, yeah. That's great. That's a really good perspective. 
Well, Jamie, it has been wonderful having you on 3Q tonight. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. And to all of my 3Q listeners, I know you enjoyed hearing from Jamie just as much as I enjoyed speaking with him. So stay tuned for next week's episode of 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. See you next time. Thank you.